Turn around and say hi to somebody.
the offering too? Yeah. We're going to take up the offering and, and watch a, a year in re- review. Is that okay? So let's say a prayer. We'll take up the offering and, uh, and watch this for a couple of minutes, okay? So we're glad to have slides and all. The first service, we had to go old school for about halfway through. So we're good. So let's say a prayer. So Lord, just thank you that we can give to you. Use these gifts, Lord, to glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
There's nothing you can do that can't be done There's nothing you can sing that can't be sung There's nothing you can say But you can learn how to play the game It's easy There's nothing you can make that can't be made There's no one you can save that can't be saved There's nothing you can do But you can learn how to be you in time Thanks, Pat. Well, that was last year. Last year just went like that, didn't it? It really did. So that's what we do. We, we don't do much in here. We do everything out in the community just to demonstrate God's love to people. So that's what it's all about, right? So having this relationship and this relationship. So um, we're starting a new series today uh, called Getting in Shape. And at the end, I'll show you an old video of me getting in shape. So, uh, so uh, 
let's uh, say a word of prayer, and we will take off. So, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you that you've given us a new year. Thank you, Lord, for all the things you did last year. Thank you for how you made it through, all the different things that kind of came up. And, Lord, we just uh, look forward to what you're going to do in our lives this year. God, use us to make a difference in our world so people can come to know you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. So, getting in shape, right? Um, how many have already started? New Year's resolution? Anybody make a New Year's resolution? Nobody? What kind of people are you? You did, thanks, Jesse. You did, that's good, okay. How many, the first service I asked that, and I said, how many people messed it up already? And, and almost the same ones raised their hand. They already messed it up. So we're going to talk about for the next six weeks on how to get in shape and do those things. And uh, Isaiah 40, 31 is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, but they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so in, in the Bible, the Christian life is compared to a race, Okay. Uh, Paul talks about all the way through. On the way in, you were given like a little thing for a marathon, right? So we're going to go run today, right? So we're not going to run. I hate running, but anyway. Uh, but the Christian life is, 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 is a marathon. It takes a long time. And, and all the way through the New Testament, our life is compared to running a race. And so listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners, that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And so Paul compares the Christian life to, to running a race. And, and getting in shape and doing those different things. So, so if we're going to run a race, or if we're going to get in shape, then according to that passage, he says that we go into strict training. So we have to go into training. And so there's some things that we need to do. Most of this stuff, I think, is in your notes. But the first thing is this. We need to be devoted on the inside. Um, we need to have a real commitment. <clears throat> we need to have the right kind of attitude. If you don't have the right kind of attitude, it's not going to happen, right? I mean, I've, I've done hundreds of diets. I've lost hundreds of pounds over the years, right? But unless, you're, unless you're, your attitude's good, it's, it's not going to happen. So, so <clears throat> a big deal to me is that we have to not only determine to run, we have to determine to finish. And finishing the race is the most important part. Um, I like sports. I like uh, football. I like basketball. I like track. I'm learning to like soccer. I'm working on that after you watch six soccer games on a Saturday with your grandchildren it's why I watched the, I watched the World Cup and I watched Major League Soccer, but you know. But anyway, so I'm learning to like that too. But but I love track and field. I like track and field because no matter who comes in last, people cheer. You know what I'm saying? They they will run the race. Somebody will come in first. Everybody cheers. But this guy or this girl who's just like slow as a snail is making it around. And when they cross the finish line, people applaud because they finished the race and because they did their best. And so the deal for me as a Christian is I want to finish the race, and I want to finish the race strong. And so we have to do that. So we have to be devoted on the inside. Our mind has to be right. We have to keep focused and understand the race and understand at certain places you run in different, different ways, okay? Um, Mark talks about, um, he makes fun, my kids make fun of me. If you're a parent, do your kids make fun of you? It's just a part, of, you know, if you're not there yet, they, they will. Uh, but uh, they make fun of you, right? And, and uh so in track and field, if you're running, like I used to run around the 400, 
meters and then uh, the hurdles and then the 1600 meter relay and then a pole vaulted. Okay, that pole, pole vault was my favorite. But I know like at, at the end of the race, you save something to the end so that you can kick it, so you can finish fast, right? Mark tells me, he says, my life is like that. He goes, I'm kicking it right now. That I'm doing more stuff and I'm faster now than I ever was. But I've still got about 30 years left. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking it, right? Uh, but we want to finish the race. And, and uh, so you have to determine what to do at certain times. And, and so that's an important thing. So our mind has to be right. We have to count the cost. Uh, if we're going to run the race, it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us time. It's going to cost us money. It's going to cost us comfort. I remember as a kid, uh, I grew up in Franklin and I played sports here in, in junior high school. Uh, you know, I was, I was a skinny kid, and Mr. Selman would make us lift weights. Anybody, I don't know if anybody remembers Mr. Selman, but, but if you did something wrong, he would hit you with a wiffle bat. So that, that was, his, that was his, his claim to fame, whacking, you know. And, and so I remember, you know, if I didn't do things right, he would, he would hit me. Or if I threw an interception, I had to run laps, okay? Sometimes it, it, it costs to get in shape, it, it, time and money and, and comfort. Uh, Jesus even said this in, in, uh, in Luke 9. He says, if any man will come after me, let him uh, deny himself and take up his cross daily. And so it's going to cost us something if we're going to get in shape. We have to prepare, prepare our bodies. Our body's an instrument. Our body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to take care of this thing, right? And sometimes we don't. Um, I, I, I discovered that, I, that I, when I grieve, I eat. Okay? I don't know, you know, whatever. When I'm going through something like that, I eat. And so I will eat like a, I'll have, this is a great thing. You might want to try this at home. Salt and vinegar chips dipped in sour cream. Change your life, okay? Uh, but anyway, so, I, so I, would, I would eat those. That'd be my first snack of the evening. I'm almost like a reverse hobbit. Hobbits would have, what, two breakfasts or whatever? So I'd have two snacks. So I'd have that first, you know, and then I'd follow up with some cookies and milk or brownies or something like that. That's not good, okay? And, and so, uh, so that's not taking care of the body, right? But I discovered last year I had four family members die, so I think I ate all year, uh, so, so you have to take care of this thing, and you have to watch it. And so if you're going to get in shape, you have to do that. And you have to, to be willing to do uh, the same thing all the time. You know, I, I do the same thing every day. So that's the deal. The fifth thing is that we have to pre prepare ourselves emotionally, that we have to determine that we're going to do this, and, and uh, we must believe in ourselves, and, and we must be in a good relationship with the people that are running the race with us, with our team, because we're not to do this stuff by ourselves, Right? No commercials today at all. Mark always gives commercials. So how can we get, begin to get in the race? Okay, I put this in your notes. Um, how can we get ready? And I'm just using the word shape, okay? So here we go. Uh, we, we must go in training. Uh, everybody who competes in, the, competes in the game goes into strict training. Um, S, here we go. Uh, we need to get in shape spiritually. We need to work on this relationship with God. We need to be growing. We need to be doing our devotion. We need to be serving people. We need to be living out what we say we believe. Does that make sense? It's not just going in a room and being by yourself. It's something that you practice every day. Uh, intellectually, is H. You know, we need to work on our brain. Some people think when you become a Christian, you check your brain at the door. And I think that's insane. Uh, you know, we, we need to be growing intellectually. We need to be learning all different kinds of things. I, I read all kinds of things all the time. Uh, I study the Bible, but, but I... I study just because I want to be growing, right? Uh, there used to be a principal at Skank Elementary School when the boys were there in school. Her name was Mrs. Dowd, you know, and, and she was hilarious. But, but their theme was that we were to be lifelong learners. 
So we're supposed to be growing, you know, our whole life. Uh, A stands for accounting. Financially, we need to be good stewards of our money. Okay? Uh, you may not have any money. Uh, it doesn't matter, but you need to be a good steward of that. You need to be, you, you need to, to, to live open-handedly. You need to give. Like, you know, my whole life I was taught to give. Like, so we tithe. We, we, we actually do more than that, but we, we give here every week. But I give stuff away all the time, too. I, I serve people. People give me things, and I give it away. When the kids were little, they'd say, Dad, why do people give you stuff? And I said, what do you think? This is because you always give it away. So someone does something for me, I just kind of pass it on. So we, we're to, to be uh, accountable to God because he's, he's given us everything we have. And so we need to be honest with, with him and with our, with our finances. Um, P, physically, our body, we need to be working on the eating right and, 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 and trying to stay healthy, okay? Um, I exercise every day um, uh, here at, at home. I, I, do, uh, I, do, I do weights like three times a week, and I hate it every time. Only because Mr. Selman, I think. But anyway, I kind of flash back. Oh, why am I punishing myself? And, and, uh, and, but every day I walk in here. I walk and pray, and then I, then I walk for 30 minutes and, and all that kind of stuff. And so we need to be working ourselves physically so we can be healthy, okay, because it's, the, it's a temple, and if we're going to serve people, we have to get this temple working, right? Right? Okay, so we're all going to get up and run now. I'm just kidding. All right? Uh, emotionally, relationally, we need to be growing in, in our relationship with God but with each other. Okay? As, as you're a follower of Jesus, you don't live this Christian life by yourself. You need to be connected to other people. And so for the next six weeks, we're going to talk about this. Okay? Next week, we'll do spiritually, and we'll work it all out. Um, listen to what Paul says in Philippians. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Notice the, the language, okay? They had the Olympics back when Paul was alive. You know, I, I watched uh, um, PBS, and, and they were showing these different things they've dug up with these coliseums and different places, and they would have races and stuff. Paul describes the Christian life that you're running. If you've ever seen a race and you see people near the end, they're pressing on like that to be the first one to go across the line. And Paul's saying we as followers of Jesus are to do that. And then he says this, he's not there yet. Now, if, if, if I was counting people who I thought would be pretty close to being there yet, Paul would be one of them. Because he changed the whole world. Jesus came and died and rose from the dead. Paul took the gospel, spread it all over the Mediterranean basin, and we're Christians because Paul went uh, west instead of east, right? And, and so, but he says, I'm not there yet. I've still got a ways to go. And none of us are there. If you meet a person who's a Christian, they say they've got it all together and they're there, run. Because they're lying. No one has it all together. We're all on the journey together. And, and we're to be pressing on, uh, reaching forward to Jesus, Okay. Um, but there are things that'll keep us uh, from beginning. There are things that'll keep us from, from even starting to get in shape and, and enter into the race. And so I put some things in my notes and in yours too. The first one is rationalization. Rationalization happens when you look at any, any area of your life and you make yourself the exception. Does that make sense? You know, uh, I can do the, and yeah, I'll show you how crazy. Remember the old Pee Wee Herman movie, Pee Wee's Great Adventure? Okay, there's an old movie, Pee Wee Herman, some crazy guy. And uh, it's Pee Wee's Great Adventure. So he's in this, st inside this dinosaur statue talking to this girl. And uh, her boyfriend's on the outside listening, ready to kill Pee Wee Herman. And she kept saying uh, everything but, 
I, I could do this, but, 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 whatever. And then Pee Wee Herman gives the classic line, everyone has a big butt. Let's talk about yours, right? Okay? And, and so, that's horrible, right? So, and rationalization, that, that's the deal. I would do this, but. You know, I'm going to start this, but, you know, and so we, all of us have big butts. And so, uh, rationalization is that we rationalize and we, you know, we put ourselves up there and uh, we don't get anywhere. You know, I, I, I don't have time, but I don't have the time, but I'm too busy, but I work, but blah, 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 right? So all of us do that. So rationalization will keep us from starting. And then procrastination. Okay, this is a big one. Anybody procrastinators in this room? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to help you right now. I'm going to change your life. You can thank me later. And we'll take up the offering again so you put more money in because it's so, so fantastic, right? Procrastination is when you don't know where or how to get started in a particular area of your life, so you make excuses, okay? And so I'll help you identify. One of the, one of the ways we procrastinate, there's different characteristics, is defaulting. Defaulting is when you make a commitment to do something, but you don't follow through. You know, uh, it kind of goes back to the rationalization, too. It's like, um, I'm going to do that Monday, Anybody say, I'm going to start a diet Monday? I remember my dad always said, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to start Monday, right? And then when Monday comes, or after the holidays, Thanksgiving, I thought, I'm going to really start. After Thanksgiving, I'm going to start watching what I eat. Anybody do that? It didn't work. And I thought, after Christmas, you know, and, then, and all that, and, and uh, we, we rationalize and we default. And uh, anyway, another one's being overwhelmed. You, don't, you have so much to do, you don't know where to get started. And, and the deal is... is uh, Nothing worthwhile is easy. So we're so overwhelmed. I listened to a, a broadcast on NPR this week about a lady who, who people pay her to come to the, your house and help you get started on, on doing decluttering and do different kinds of things. And, and she helps you. And Liz does this sometimes. She will say, I'm going to do five things. You know, before I sit down, I'm gonna, there's five things I'm going to do around the house. And so, so it's, 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 it's measurable and, it's, and you, you can do it. So anyway... Being overwhelmed, disorganization is you just can't get it together, you're overwhelmed. Uh, it's like you need a, a life map or a blueprint or whatever, and, and uh, clutter kind of creeps in and, and takes over. Clutter will, will take over like crazy. I have, I have an office at home. It's my sanctuary. Uh, my desk is there, I, my computer. I have a couch where I can sit and read with a lamp and all that. And after this past year with everyone in my family dying, I've accumulated stuff that I got to go through. And so my office has kind of become a catch-all for things. So I started this week trying to get rid of it, decluttering. And so that, that's, a, that's a big deal because God's got an order and, and we need to, to be organized, you know. And I'm not like a, a freak about those things, but there's certain things that I do and, and you need to have order in your life, okay? So there you go, changed your life, that's great. Okay, so, so if we're going to be in this race, then, then how are we going to keep going? Who's going to keep us in the race? And this is, this is my answer to that. Jesus is going to keep us in the race, okay? Paul said this in Philippians. He says this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is the deal. Jesus started this thing in your life. You didn't start it, okay? You just responded. Does that make any sense? And, and, and in my own life, when I'm going through things, I, think, I don't know if I can make it. And then I think, wait a minute. I didn't start this in my life. Jesus started it. So if he started in my life, I'm going to make it. Does that make sense? Uh, there's a passage in 1 John I learned when I was in Bible school. I mean, vacation Bible school. We love him because he first loved us. 
okay? We, we're responding. And so the deal is this. Jesus started this race in our life, and, and I'm going to finish it because of him, okay? Another thing that will help is, is each other. We need each other. Uh, we can't do this by ourselves. Um, Hebrews says this, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We need each other. If we're going to finish this race and run this race, we need each other in order to finish. Here's some people in my life that, that kind of try to keep me on track. I don't think they can or not. This is a small group, and it's not small, but anyway... Uh, we, when we first started the church, we started with a house church group. We called it Kinship, and it's still going on after however many years. That is 30-something years. And so these are people in my life that encourage me, and, and I encourage them. We get together on Wednesday nights, and we eat, and then we worship. We sing some songs, and then we read the Scripture, and then we answer some questions, and then we pray for each other, and, and we go through life together. Now, missing from this picture are some people that we've lost, in our group, like Jackie Johnson was one in our group. Beth Warner was in our group. Different people like that over the years. And so it's hard. And so we're there for each other as we walk through life together. So if we're going to finish this race, we know that Jesus started it. But we need other people that's running the race with us. Does that make sense? Um, following Jesus isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. That's why I gave you the little marathon thing to remind you of that, Okay. Uh, if you want to go in your distance, uh, to the distance in your relationship with Jesus, you don't, you don't do it alone. No one can run the race for you, but, uh, but other people can and should run the race with you. We need people in this thing together. That's why we have church. That's why we get together. That's why we get connected to a group or serve in a ministry or do something like that, because we need people doing this stuff with us. There's an African proverb that I really like. To run fast, you run by yourself. To run far, you run with other people. And that's the deal. Uh, when I go to Ethiopia, still got my Ethiopia table up or whatever, you'll see people just running everywhere. Seriously. The whole, the, all of them run. We went once, I think I told you this, we went to, uh, to this village. John was with us. And uh, we went to this place, and it's like going down in the Grand Canyon. And then Mark told him I was too old, or told me, he didn't want, he didn't want me to go in there because he didn't want to carry me out. That's nice, right? So he and John went down, right? And then Mark told the people in the village that I was too old to come down there. <clears throat> this was like in 2008. So I'd die now, but uh, I'd go down there still. But, so all of a sudden, uh, I'm sitting up there, me and this guy named Tim, and, you know, mind their own business, and little kids are looking at us, and all of a sudden, the whole village comes up. Ladies that are 80 years old and all of them are climbing up the side of this mountain, and they're looking at me like, he's the old guy? You know, and, and then we're going to go to another village, and we're in a Land Rover, and then Woody, Woody who's with us, he said, they will beat us to the next village because they want to go worship too. So we get a Land Rover, we take off, we get to the other village, they're there. They all ran. Everyone runs, and they run together. The deal in the Christian life is we do this stuff together. We, we have to run together. And they beat us, didn't they, John? We, we got there, and, and they were already there. Um, we need each other to make it through this race. And, and like I said, following Jesus is, is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And... Uh, that's why we need to be connected uh, to other people. So why, why, why even do this stuff? And the motivation is this. The motivation is Jesus. It's the deal. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for Jesus. I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for Jesus. I wouldn't know any of you. I would have never seen you. Well, I might have seen you at Walmart because you're living in Franklin, Franklin Mall. That's what I call it, right? Uh, 
I wouldn't know you. I'd still say hi to you, but I, but I wouldn't know you. We need to see that, that Jesus is the reason. Listen to what it says in Hebrews. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now let me just stop right there. Who are the great cloud of witnesses? They're people that have already gone home. You got that? Paul's describing a stadium, like, you know, and there's a cloud around it, and the person's running the race, and the people are cheering them on. I believe the great cloud of witnesses are those who've gone on before us. My, I've thought this my whole life as a kid. I thought, I hope my dad didn't see the bad stuff I do, right? <laughs> so I hope he only sees the good stuff and says, go for it. You can do it. But it says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and they're cheering us on in this race. And it, and it says, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We're running because of Jesus, Period. You know, uh, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe he arose from the dead. You can argue biblical stuff. You can argue theological stuff, but you can't argue with that fact. And I can't argue, you can't argue with the fact that I decided to follow Jesus and he changed my life. And I could tell you stories for hundreds of years about things that he's done in my life because he's the one who did all this stuff. Um, so we're going to learn how to get in shape. In the 1800s, there was an evangelist. His name was Dwight L. Moody. He was like the 1800s version of the 20th century uh, Billy Graham. And he preached all over the world. He was a salesman. This guy, a Sunday school teacher, kind of witnessed to him. He became a Christian and then became a preacher and preached all over the world. But he made this statement. I thought it was pretty cool. We pray like it's all up to God and we work like it's all up to us. And that's the deal. Uh, that's the deal. Uh, years ago, there was a preacher. His name was Robert Schuller. He had the Crystal Cathedral. And, and uh, this statement he made helped me get through college and seminary. A job is half finished when you start. I remember when I was in graduate school, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to do this paper, you know, and, and procrastinate and get around. And finally, I go, I'm going to start it. Well, when I started it, it happened. So that, that's almost true. You know, a job's half finished when you start, and we got to start to make those things to, to happen. So we're going to get in shape, and we have to choose to get in shape. It's a choice that you have to make. And, and I put this in my notes, too. You have to decide to do it and tell somebody. Okay? If you don't tell nobody, nobody's going to hold you accountable. I'm going to give you permission. You can ask me how I'm doing. Ask me how I'm doing, you know, my, my eating. Like we were at the house, I, I ate my cake before 8 o'clock. I eat from 12 to 8 in the daytime, okay? And then I do my exercise and all the other stuff like that. You have permission to ask me, did you read your Bible today? Did you do this, all that? Because you need someone to do that. And, 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 and that's the deal. So, so let me show you a video that I made years ago on, on getting in shape, and you'll be inspired. My hair was a little blacker then.
I think I was, I think I was fatter in that movie than, than I am now. That's the deal. I'm kind of nuts. You know that. But I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm going to do this stuff every day. And so I challenge you to do the same thing, right? We, we need to work on ourselves spiritually and, and intellectually and financially and physically and emotionally. And so we're going to do this together. So let's just bow our heads for a couple seconds. And maybe you've not begun the race. Maybe you've never come to a place that you decide to follow Jesus, that you can invite him to come to your life, get baptized, and get in, get in the game. And, and uh, so, you know, if you've never done that, I challenge you to do that. Let me know or someone will work that out. Uh, but... I challenge you too, just to you know, to make a commitment. And and like I said, you got you got to start. So Lord, we just thank you that you love us, that you've invited us to be in this game. If you have one of these, take, take it out and pull the top off to get the bread. And then the next thing for the, the wine. We do this every week just to remind us of who we are and whose we are. And that we're in this race together. We are part of a family. Uh, Paul compares the Christian life to, to running a race. But he compares the church to a family. That we're part of each other. And so we do this every week to remind us of that and to encourage us just to keep on going. So we always say the Lord's Prayer as we begin this each week. So let's just say this prayer together. It'll come up on the screen for you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He took the cup after supper. He said, this cup is the new covenant, new relationship out of blood. Do this in remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said this. He said, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We remember what Jesus did. We're reminded of what we're supposed to do. Amen. Let's all stand. I wouldn't advise anyone to run on 123. Your life will flash before your eyes. There used to be a guy that, that hung out here for years. His name was Tony. And Tony was a, a different kind of guy. And, and sometimes he would live in the woods back there. And I was always afraid I'd find Tony in the woods eaten by a coyote. Uh, but he got run over about four times on that road. So don't do that, right? So um, 
we put a thing out there too. If you want to start reading your Bible this year, out on the on the thing, there's these little little things that you can stick in your Bible, and uh, um, we we put a shortened version out there. It's, it's an easier version. We've been doing like the whole Bible or two two years in the Bible. This is like a this actually came from the youth version, so it's a good thing to check it off and and do that. Okay, so let's close in prayer. So Lord, thank you that you invited us into this process. You invited us into this race, and so Lord, I pray that you would. Uh, Help us to follow you. Help us encourage each other. Help us, God, to live these things out. Help us, God, when we fall down, that, that we'll get back up, that somebody will help us, Lord, that we'll help each other. So use us, God, as we go from this place to be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Bless you.